Hey, good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Before we get started, let's pray. Dear Father, I thank you for these people that are here today. I pray that you would be glorified, that you'd be magnified. Father, I pray that people would come to know you, they'd be encouraged. We declare that all authority here today belongs to Jesus Christ, and it is his name we pray. And I confess, I have nothing to say apart from what you would say, Father. And I just pray that you would use this for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, hey, you're looking at me this morning, and you're probably wondering, who is this? Some of you are like, hey, I know who that is. That's supposed to be Doc Brown from Back in the Future. He had that weird lab coat and those funny glasses. Uh, You probably remember that movie. But no, that's not who I'm at. So what I'd like you to do is just take one moment, turn to the person next to you, and try to guess who I'm supposed to be. Now, some of you know who I really am, of course, but I want you to guess who I'm trying to be. So just To your neighbor, just kind of ask real quickly, just kind of, you know, make a little guess. Now, whoever gets it right, uh, we're going to give them a pair of of something to help you fly at the end of the service. Just kidding, that's not true. But however, uh, try to just guess or just take a moment. All right, time's up. Okay, so what I'm going to start off with, this is something you really shouldn't do. This is a bad thing as a speaker. I know that people have short attention spans, and I feel it. And what I normally do is I just read real fast because I'm like, if I read real fast, I'll feel good because I've kind of got that analytical, compulsive nature where we talk about the scriptures. I like them to see the whole passage, but it's a long passage, and I know it's hard to pay attention. So I'm going to try to read it slowly and clearly and articulate the words. However, I ask that you would try to pay attention so we could have our first scripture up here. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come to you searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and circumstances to which the spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, even angels long to look into these things. Even angels long to look into these things. The sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. Like it's an interesting thing to angels and to everybody. And so yes, here today at Rock Hills, I am an angel who have come to tell you the story of Christmas from my own perspective. Now you're saying to yourself, you don't look like an angel. Angels are supposed to look like this. I don't understand why people think angels are like half duck. I mean, that is so weird to think like you have like duck feathers off your back. Like that is a weird thing. Now I know it probably comes from this. Look daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. No, Jimmy, that's not right. Now, it is true in the Bible that some angels did have wings, but many of them, it doesn't really talk about their wings. Now, a lot of you think angels probably look like this. Now, in our little angel code book, the first thing we're supposed to say when we appear in our angelic majesty is, do not be afraid. I mean, I would be afraid of the bad art. But other than that, is that thing going to scare you? I, I, I don't think so. Now, some of you guys that love Van Halen think angels look like this. 
And maybe if you're a Doctor Who fan, you think angels should look like this. And maybe if you're old school, you think the angels should have some kind of weird backlight. <laughs> Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. So the point is, you can meet an angel and not even know what they look like. You know, we angels, we have our ways. And so today, this morning, I want to tell you the story of Christmas from my perspective, the perspective of an angel. Well, of course, our story starts, starts in heaven. If you can, if you will, imagine heaven as this vast scientific complex. It's, it's huge. It's enormous. Now, this is a picture of Yale to give you a picture of what it might look like. That was a picture of Yale to give you a picture of what it would look like. And so in our story, this is crazy, but every morning, you know, I'd get up, and I'm not going to say if I sleep or not, but the point is, every morning I'd get up, and we would see God. He always did the same thing. No, God is the ultimate, amazing creator. He is the best scientist there ever was, and that's why I have this lab coat on, is because heaven is almost like this big center. I mean, creation happens. I mean, it is amazing the things he's doing. Us angels, we're constantly in awe of the things that God makes. It is so amazing. So our story starts this way. is one Every morning, we'd watch God, and he would go into the building marked, the universe. And if you look at the universe, your scientists, they believe that they have seen what they call the observable universe. And if you wanted to start at one end of the universe and travel at the speed of light, 186 mile now, uh, miles a second, and you could go for 93 billion years... You could travel across the whole known observable universe. Now, of course, your scientists also say that this universe is probably 20 times, 20, sorry, 250 times bigger than what they can observe. That's pretty huge. How big is that? You need perspective. And so this next slide gives us a little bit of perspective. It's pretty big, almost as big as Texas. I mean, it's big. No, I jest, I jest. It's much bigger than that. And so we would watch God every morning. He would go into the building marked universe, and uh, he would go down to the wing that was known as the local superclusters, and he'd walk down that wing, and pretty soon he'd go to the hallway that was known as the uh, vertical supercluster. And once he was in that hallway, he would go into the door that was marked Milky Way Galaxy, go into that room, and uh, he'd go up to the cabinet that was known as the Solar Interstellar Neighborhood. He'd pull open the drawer that was known as the solar system, and he'd look at this file that was called Earth, and he'd pull out this little slide, and he'd put it under the microscope, and he'd look at it, and he would really have to use a lot of high power to see anything. I mean, this place is so little compared to the universe. And he'd focus it, and keep focusing, and eventually, he would focus on these dear little finite creatures, so little, and he would spend all this time talking to him. Somehow, he made his presence known to him, and he just 
loved spending time with them. He was always with them, and they communicate. And I mean, it was us angels. We were just like, why in this gigantic universe, all the things that God's created, does he go down to this dinky little planet, spend time with these finite little beings? It was crazy to us. Well, your, uh, your word says this. God created humans in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Somehow, these little finite creatures called humans, they were made in God's image. There's something of God that was in them, and God had put a piece of himself like, within their hearts or something. It was just very interesting. And so he would spend this time with them, and he loved them, and you could tell it just brought them this great joy to spend time with these humans. And we angels were just like, Wow, he, he is totally sold upon these people. Well, this would happen all the time. Well, one day, God goes down, and he's got the microscope out. He's looking down, and he sees this. There was an infection, a pretty serious infection on this place he loved. This infection was so bad. It was a horrible infection. This infection was called sin, and I knew it was bad because some of the angels, we got that infection, and uh, they had to leave heaven. It's a pretty bad stuff, and the problem with this infection called sin is that it's fatal, and it doesn't just destroy life. It destroys love. It destroys relationships. It destroys hope. It destroys happiness. It destroys everything. In fact, it was over the whole, whole planet. The Lord saw how great the wickedness of the human race had become on earth, and that every inclination of the thoughts of the human heart was only evil all the time. It was so bad, these people just consumed with evil. And if you think about it, have you ever had a truly pure thought? Seems like even your best thoughts for your kids, somehow that reflects back upon you, like, Makes me happy to be a good dad. I feel good when I give. Like, I get good feelings. Like, even your best thoughts aren't even that pure. And so this was a horrible thing. That this death had come to this thing that God had loved. These, these people that he loved, that he spent all this time with. And it was devastating. Like, we angels, we knew how much God loved these people because all the time and attention he spent with them was obvious to us. And so what God did next was just blew our minds. We could not believe this. Now, one thing about God that's hard to understand, there's only one God. There's only one, but he has three persons. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But there's only one God, and we angels don't understand that how that fits together, but that's what the scriptures say. We believe it. And so God somehow, he took his son, his only son that he had, and he made him into this little thing. Yeah, this little, this little egg thing. Like he took part of this human woman, her, a Jewish girl named Mary, and he took part of her, an egg from her body and then put in his own information, and, and he made this other human. And it was fully human, but it was fully the Son of God, too. It was both. Like it was, it was amazing he did that. And then he took this, this human, and he did it, because God made known that he loved the world, that he gave his one and only son. He did it out of love. Like this was his plan to save the world from sin. Like it amazed us that somehow he takes his son, shrinks him down to this little, little thing and makes him human, but he's still God. Like it just blows our mind. And he puts 
This thing is in this, this girl, this, this Jewish girl, Mary, and like, I don't know how old she was. I'm, I don't know human age very well. I'm thinking she's like 15, 17. Like, she's kind of young, you know? And, and I know that she's not like the richest human being on earth. You'd think he'd put her like at a daughter of a king or something, uh, you know, this woman, Mary, and you'd think that she would uh, be like, maybe like a great athlete, you know, like some incredible basketball player. She was just this girl, like, and they're, they're you know, this frail little girl, and she's going to take care of God in her tummy. It's crazy. Now, I know you guys, you guys like the story of Christmas, and people put mangers everywhere, and it's so romantic, and it's so wonderful, but have you ever really thought about it? I mean, come on, a manger? Cows make this stuff, and it ain't pretty. And I think cows aren't even as bad as these creatures. I mean, if you smell the stuff they make, woo! I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. That's why I don't like being called like a duck, because I think of these guys, I'm like, low angels, low, look, we're not half bird. I mean, those things are gross. But anyway, I digress. But the point is, is that I think had I been God, I'd be like, hey, good plan. Let's just wait till the 20th century. We'll go to the Methodist Children's Hospital. That's a nice place. You got experts there, but no. God takes and puts it in back in olden times in this stable. And it's, I mean, come on, what kind of plan is this? And so this little baby's born, but that baby's God. Like, it just blows my mind. Like, the baby's God. God made known his love that he sent his son to become a little baby. And so this baby grows up. And what's interesting about this baby, if you look in the scriptures, is that people knew that this guy Joseph wasn't his real dad. And it says in the Psalms that he became the song of the drunkards. People made fun of him. Like, he grows up, and people make fun. Like, who's your daddy? You know, and they just, they tease him relentlessly. It says, like, even his brothers didn't even believe that he was really the son of God. Like, people don't even believe in him. And they mock him. And later on, he grows up, and he doesn't have a home. Like, he sleeps out in the open. He has no place to lay his head. Head and he didn't write any books. You know, he doesn't lead armies and he's supposed to change the world and conquer sin. Like, it's just crazy thing. And, and the scriptures say that he was tempted in every way, just as we are. Every way, like he knew depression. He knew what it was like for people to turn their back upon him. He knew what it was like to people say, you're not very good, you're disappointing. He knew what it was like to have that human frailty, to be cold, to... to to suffer. He knew it. In fact, he was called a man acquainted with, uh, acquainted with sufferings. He lived this life. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The Bible says that this person was a human. This God became a human. He knows everything, went through everything we went through. Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant. Some versions say slave, becoming a slave, being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross, even death on a cross. God made known his love by becoming human, 
living a perfect life, being mocked, suffering, people letting him down, abandoning him, questioning whether he's even God at all. He became obedient even to the point of death. So when you think about the manger, think about the baby. He knew what was going to happen. He knew that he came to lay his life down. He knew from the beginning, even as a baby, he knew what was going to happen. The shadow of the cross was upon his life. He knew that he had this great suffering that was going to come upon him the whole entire time. Well, eventually, he did die. He was on a cross. And I think about the things he went through, and physically they talk about the nails being drawn through his, his wrist, and, and uh, he was up on this cross, and they say that he had to push off the nails just to get a breath. <sighs> they had perfected torture during this time. It was an incruciating, painful way to die. It says that he was on this cross. People mocked him and said, if you're the son of God, come on down. We'll believe in you. People put him through all this, but I think about the story from the perspective of an angel, and I feel like the worst thing of all, out of all the suffering, was the Bible says that he who knew no sin became sin. He became sin. He had sin upon himself. In fact, on the cross, he even cried out, Father, why have you forsaken me? He knew separation. He knew what it was to be pulled away from everything he loved, to wear that upon himself, to wear the guilt, to wear the shame. He did that because God made known his love for the human race. He took on everything that humans have, everything that sin has to offer, including death. He died. They put him in a tomb. They rolled a stone all over the tomb. So he was stuck in there like he was really dead. He did that all because God made known his love for us. Well, because he was God. We angels, we knew, man, he's God. You can't keep God down. We know God. You're not going to keep God down. God came back to life. And he broke out of that tomb. They rolled the stone away. Like he conquered death. He conquered sin. He conquered hate. He conquered disappointment. He conquered loneliness. He conquered every challenge that human beings face because God made known his love by becoming human and dying on a cross and coming back to life again. The Bible says that for joy... Set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He had a purpose. He knew he came to resurrect, to restore the human race back to God, to have that wonderful relationship that humans were meant to have, to know God, to love him, to experience him. Jesus came to do that. And we angels were so amazed by that. What a picture of the heart of God that he would become human and have sin upon him, and die and come back to life, all because God made known that he loves us so much. And so as an angel today, if you're sitting here, and you're thinking, man, this time of year just brings me down. I think about some of the broken relationships I've had. I think about, you know, that son or that daughter that I don't talk to very much, and 
I don't know what went down, but we don't have a good relationship. I think about things some of my parents said to me, like it wasn't right or things they did, like this done me wrong this time of year. It makes me feel bad about myself. I think about my job, maybe. Maybe I don't like my job, and I tried harder. I think about my finances, and I'm like, maybe I don't have enough money to buy presents this year because I'm worried about paying the rent or getting evicted. You know, maybe I've been struggling with some kind of disease or something, and I, I just, I haven't even told people because I feel bad about it. This makes me feel bad. Wherever you're at today, this morning, I want you to know that you're valuable. God made known his love by sending his son, Jesus, for us. So when you see that little baby in the manger, like somebody's house, all the Christmas lights on it. It may look like some kind of cheesy plastic thing or whatever. Remember, that represents God, that God became human because he made known his love for us, that we were meant to have a relationship with him. And so today, if you've never given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never asked God to forgive you for your sins, today I'm saying you can pray and say, Lord, Forgive me. I believe Jesus died for me. I want to be forgiven. And God promises he will forgive you. Today, if you're sitting in the audience and somehow you've allowed this world to distract you and to think that you're not valuable, that you're not important, that you're just some depressed, lonely person, I want you to remember and embrace that God made known his love for you, that he came as a, as a human because he loves you. And that we can have joy this Christmas season because God made known his love through Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Dear Father, I do pray that you would help all of us to know that you love us. And you show that at Christmas through your son, Jesus Christ. And that we can be forgiven. And that we can have a relationship with you. And I pray that every person in this building would come to know you, would believe in you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, thank you for having an angel here today.